Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast. As you are probably aware, we've got a series all about the Medical Self-Defense Network. So this is a group of people from all over the world, from different backgrounds and experiences, working as medics or paramedics or herbalists, and um, yeah, doing awesome, awesome work um, across the world. And I've had the absolute pleasure of interviewing different people. And this interview is with a comrade called Utis, who lives in Poland, and we're going to be talking about his project, which is all about kind of like manufacturing. So, you know, we talk about 3D printing, but as I learned in the episode, it is much more than that. It's really about like, how do we kind of build infrastructure like beyond capitalism to yeah to support our kind of community's needs and you know make things that we need in a decentralized way and um he has been 3d printing tourniquets which you will have heard in the gunshot wound episode talked about extensively so yeah it's like super important work super interesting definitely made me think that manufacturing has never been like a niche for me um but actually it's so important so i know he would definitely encourage you to get in touch if it's like an area that you're working on or interested in. But yeah, please enjoy the interview. Hey Utis, thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast about um, the Medical Self-Defense Network. Before we start, please can you just introduce yourself, your pronouns and like literally any political affinities or projects you'd like to include just to learn a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh, yes, with pleasure. Um, thank you for having me here, et cetera, et cetera. Let, let's start from, from my pronouns, which are absolutely traditional, unfortunately. Uh, him, his, he, him, his, yes, probably. Well, political affinities are roughly anarchistic, very roughly, and that's for, for lack of better better label. Projects, uh, pro, well, my, my main project at the moment, and it's it's a reason why I am with MSDN, is uh, building, a, building a manufacturing and even industrial infrastructure for radical movements, especially for, for freedom-oriented radical movements. Uh, and... I, I, I usually call it, you know, doing doing economic guerrilla against capitalism and state, which is perhaps to, to some it may be a little bit surprising, but that's that's something we we sorely lack. Uh, and my my work with NSDN is exactly for the same reason. Uh, I'm trying uh, I'm trying to expand and provide uh, material base manufacturing base for MSDN projects. Uh, current current uh, topic of the day is the tourniquet. Uh, tourniquets are, um, I'm trying to, to, get the, to get the proper words in English, uh, are the, the devices uh, that you wrap around your arm or leg, don't try it with your neck, uh, and fasten very, very tightly to stop uh, blood circulation in a given limb. Uh, in that way, if you, are, if you are hurt, if there is a wound in your, in your leg or hand, you stop bleeding uh, 
uh, and you you have you or, or another person has a good chance to to get delivered to the hospital where they they can take care of them. So the tourniquet is a is a uh, trumping, yeah, probably trumping device for for uh, stopping bleeding. Um, all right, now three uh, D printing. Yes, we 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 are trying to print three D. Uh, the, the tourniquets and what is 3D printing. I, most of us probably know what is a glue gun. Yes, uh, we can. We, we have a glue gun. We put the we put a bar of glue into it. It heats up, and we can squeeze the the, the liquid liquid glue to connect something or just to make some slime on the, on the surface. And it's getting harder when when it when it gets cold. So now you you should visualize uh, a very very tiny and precise glue gun controlled with a computer precision and just going from point to point and dripping droplets of plastic building something like you know one one layer on another layer and another layer and that's 3D printing it works like a printer only with plastic and the the printouts are not flat but this, this, uh, the simply, simple, uh, simple description, uh, a glorified uh, glue gun, is probably the best for for people who who have no idea about it to to get a grip. Uh, tourniquets are important. Why? Uh, tourniquets are obviously important anytime somebody is seriously wounded, and it makes uh, their limbs bleeding, like. Uh, you know, very intensive way, uh, because this is the best way to stop this bleeding. Not kilograms of gauze or whatever, or, or, or plasters, it, it won't stop this. The most radical and immediate way to, to, to stop the bleeding is to use tourniquet, to, to clamp it on the limb, tighten it very, very, very closely, and then of course, you, you put something on the wand to, to prevent from further injury. But th this is the way to, to stop bleeding until the person is get is got to the hospital. Uh, yes, we can. Uh, we Actually, the problem with 3D printing is that everyone's talking about 3D printing um, tourniquets. And and in the big at the big for example at the beginning of the open invasion in, in onto Ukraine, uh, there were quite vast projects of uh, you know crowd crowdsourced 3D printing, but the 3D printing technology is not exactly for this this purpose. The 3D printing technology is better for one-off manufacturing for flexible manufacturing like. Every item slightly different or, or quite different from another. While for tourniquets, we need something very standardized, and everything should be same, except exactly the same uh, copy. I mean, we use it because we have to. Also, we can use it for for uh, training purposes, like training tourniquets. Uh, but using them uh, for the mass production, however we, we define it, is very costly and to, to, to an extent counterproductive. Uh, 
my understanding and my information coming back from Ukrainian front is that uh, people there are more interested in buying good quality uh, tourniquets than in using 3D printed tourniquets. But we definitely need it for non-military purposes. I mean, print, 3D printed tourniquets. We, we need for non-military, street medics, and of course, for, for the whole training system. If we get to the point, I mean, we as my infrastructure pro project that is called Artel uh, and MSDN, if we get to the point when we have more equipment, we can start making tourniquets on a mass scale without 3D printing. But that's probably a year, a year ahead at the moment. Uh, so... Uh, the whole work of Artel is, as I said, to build infrastructure, to provide technical sort of expertise uh, and, and technical support, research and development, and at least prototyping, if not mass production, for radical, radical groups like MSDN. Uh, and I consider this effort very important, and luckily other comrades apparently see it the same way. Um, so we can stop, you know, giving money back to capitalists, uh, buying stuff from them, and we can start having our own manufacturing units and keep, keep the resources to, to ourselves. Of course, making, making it also a job for, for as many comrades as possible. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like super impressive as a project. Um, I'm really curious as to like your background, like why, like, you know, how did you develop these skills in manufacturing? And like, my other question is like, it's not something that we talk about a lot in the anarchist movement, right? And like, that's why it's like so interesting, I think, because, um, yeah, it's so essential, like you said, that we have this infrastructure. And I'm just wondering, like, yeah, why you think this infrastructure is important to radical movements? Uh, yes, my my way towards anarchism and towards radical movements was a, a little bit longer and more, so to speak, scenic. Yeah, is is it properly pronounced? Yeah, seen it. <laughs> than than of of other comrades. Uh, I I haven't been born an anarchist. I didn't. I haven't started being or consider myself anarchist at you know fifteen or eighteen years. Um, I was uh, born and raised in Poland at the so-called real socialism era. And then I became a, a, an acolyte of a newly new, new and shiny uh, faith of capitalism, and I spent some time being a, a stockbroker and um, entrepreneur in various areas. And I learned a lot about capitalism, which is very useful now because I know weak points. And I also learned quite a lot about manufacturing and, you know, all those kinds of organization, logistics, etc., etc. So about 10, 12 years ago, when I said, uh, Dan, I'm, I'm looting the system, uh, I took all this knowledge with me. And now I'm using it in, with my fight against capitalism and the state. Um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way, I... I 
can do it the best, which is economic and uh, and organizational way. And why why am I uh, why, why am I so focused on on this topic? Well, first of all, this is what I can do the best. It's my my superpower, so to speak. And also because I see uh, that so many discrepancies, not discrepancies, but inconsistencies in in anarchist and broadly radical praxis, which is. Uh, the, the 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 simplest the simplest example is when one when 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 I was in in Athens and we had a lot of political discussions of course and I asked the question okay comrades we all want we we all wish capitalism to 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 crumble to to, to how to say it to fall but when it falls the Dumpsters will be empty. So how are we going to get our food? And that was that was the moment of silence. And that was the moment when I realized that there is, there is hardly anyone within the movement thinking about building our own infrastructure. There are people outside of the movement, like you know permaculture movement, uh, all those uh, eco villages, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, who are working on it? Who are working mostly of on on food uh, food sovereignty aspect, but first they are hardly as political as we are, and second there is almost no one thinking about the manufacturing in in an in an industrial sense, research and development in an industrial sense. You know, this is sort of my long term hobby or. Or a private curriculum, you know, studying on old and abandoned technologies and old and abandoned ways of uh, organizing community effort uh, in context of the situation we have here when we, when we see the the industrial civilization disintegrating not so slowly. So this is this this brought me to the point. I I just looked at the movement and saw a gap. And I said, "Okay, I am I am a piece of a puzzle, which more or less fits this particular gap." So that's what I'm doing. Amazing! That's really that's really inspiring, and I'm very grateful that you are that piece of the puzzle because I know absolutely zero about manufacturing. But um, I definitely learned with the pandemic about you know things like supply chains, like with even with herbal medicine and the the clinic that I work in in Calais, like you know we couldn't get hold of certain things. We're having to buy plastic bottles from China, like things like this. Like it did feel like, at least with herbal medicine, that you have some autonomy over the supply chain compared to other forms of medicine. And I think your project is super interesting because it's like yeah, developing this like medical infrastructure. Um, are there like other other like medical resources that can be three D printed? Uh, well, first of all, we can we can print all kinds of um, small devices like stethoscope or or any other uh, other examination devices. Uh, we can well that that you know the the thing is with this three D printing it's it's bloody fancy. It's you know like a, a, a new trend. You can 3D print everything, and that's that's not true. The technology is the tool, 
you don't, you, if you have a new shiny screwdriver, it doesn't mean that you're trying to drill a, a hole in the wall with it because it's a new and shiny. You get it, your old trusted drill. So we have much more than 3D printing available. Uh, and one of the, of the things that are very important and almost nobody thinks about it is that we have a growing shortage of raw materials. That's called, you know, the pig oil, pick something, pick everything, actually. Uh, and the, the, the most efficient way to go is re recycling and, and reusing. So if we need something, we, ne we need to build something. I don't know. There are, there is a, there are the, the devices that I used to uh, remove all uh, spit or whatever from, from human breathing ducts. Yes, air ducts. Now, I don't know what's the, what's the English term for it. A suction device? A suction device, yes. Of course, we can 3D print it, but more efficient way is to, to, to make a construction using existing uh, you know, pieces of plastic, like plastic bottles, like uh, rubber, whatever, to, to, to make a suction, you know, the, 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 the little lower pressure area. Uh, 3D printing is extremely expensive. It's, uh, the, the equipment for it is very, very picky as for, uh, for, for environment and you need to keep it in, in a special, special uh, container or in a special room, etc., etc. Uh, so we, we really shouldn't be focused on 3D printing, although it's very good, you know, to bring people's attention. Uh, but there are more and more uh, existing technologies that are cheaper, simpler, and easier to deploy in situ. You know, you can go to, to it's, it's very hard to get a 3D printer uh, to work, say, in Bakhmut or, or whatever, but it's very easy to, to no, 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 relatively easy. Let's, don't, don't, let's not be over-enthusiastic. Relatively easy it is to, to design something around existing uh, existing materials and tools as they are at the front line. You know, we know we know that there are tons of uh, of plastic uh, plastic waste at the front line. So if I am asked to to prepare something, even for uh, let's say uh, chemical chemical warmers, chemical body warmers, yes, I will think about using materials that are in abundance in a specific place where we want to have it. So we, the logistics is less, uh, less loaded and, uh, and, and the chain or the logistic chain you mentioned is as short as possible. So that's, you know, it, I'm, yeah, I'm doing 3D printing. I like it very much, but I refuse to, to, to call it a, a, a magic bullet forever. Nice. Yeah, no, that, that makes like total sense. And um, yeah, I can see how it's much more important to, like you said, shorten those supply chains and build that infrastructure. Um, in terms of your project, like what, what kind of support or solidarity are you are you needing at the moment? You know, like maybe people listening to this could be interested in getting involved or might also have skills like yours. Like, yeah, what kind of support are you needing right now? 
Of course, the easiest way to support us is to transfer money. Um, but at the same time, I am very happy to, I would be very happy to meet people uh, who can do some 3D modeling, uh, doing designs in a computer that can be converted later into 3D printing. Also, we are starting. Uh, we are starting the the printing. I mean, traditional uh, digital flat printing uh, printing uh, department for agit prop agitation propaganda needs. And I'm also looking for people who can do some graphic uh, graphic design for those uh, for those prints. Uh, if anybody is able to to give us even older devices like 3D printers, scanners, cutting plotters, um, various various uh, to, tools to, uh, to to process wood and uh, and metal, uh, we would be very happy. Of course, sometimes it's not. Uh, it's not uh, sensible to to trans to, to transport something across the continent. Continent, but who, if it's somewhere close, like Germany or Czech Republic, we will be happy to 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 get it and put it to work. Other than that, you know, just you you can you can contact me anyway, and I can discuss it. Okay, awesome. And you also offer uh, printing services to groups, right? For like merchandise things like this or yes part of the idea of artel is that we want to create a growing bubble of capitalism free um, economy which means we we're, we're not only going to do, to do things uh, but also we want to go to start selling services and, and products to radical groups or even not so radical, but well politically aligned with us. Uh, so instead, let's call let's talk, talk about the basic basic things like stickers. Now, tons of stickers. Our people use tons of stickers every day, uh, pasting them, pasting over uh, Nazi uh, Nazi propaganda, and they need it. Where do they get it? They are ordering, commissioning them in capitalist uh, enterprises. So why, they, why should they do it if we can provide them with absolutely comparable quality and probably comparable price, uh, they can order it with us. And we will give part of this money to our people, because Arctic is a cooperative, to people who work here, and these are all people who are unable and unwilling to work for capitalists. And of course, uh, a surplus will be divided on a solidarity basis with various various projects. So we don't let those money go back to capitalism. We use them in our in our environment. So yes, we are thinking right now about making a, a, a sort of a print center, quite advanced. We're also talk, thinking about making uh, lightweight devices for various actions. I, I won't say direct action, but things like uh, small, small, um, lightweight bicycle trailers, 
it's, it's a construction of mine which is very very um, flexible and universal we can make some specific specific constructions like furniture and and whatever else and we are all also working on research and development stuff whoever needs something special something which is which is unavailable otherwise we can design it and perhaps we can we can even make it it depends on on the equipment we have all right that sounds amazing um so i hope people listening will feel inspired and that they can um contact you with their needs and their orders um was there anything else you wanted to share before we finish today oh yes i want to to say that I, I'm sitting in the middle of the country that is slipping down the fascist slope. Uh, the, both the political class and the society is now like happily embracing the myth of strong, father-like, god-like leaders you know, pr providing security, providing stability, keeping traditional, uh, which is absolutely mythical, traditional values, etc., etc. Uh, vulnerable groups, such as trans persons, such as uh, people with disabilities, such as people who are unemployable uh, due to their age, for example, are now at the at the brink of of being extinct mm. friends people comrades please look around you and if you see signs of it unless you already see it then take it seriously we will not get anything by asking we need to start doing stuff we need to, to prepare for being really, really oppressed. Like nobody, nobody knows it from experience here in, in the global north. Nobody knows from experience how it is to be oppressed in, in such a way. So please don't panic, but get, get seriously concerned and start acting. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, definitely wise words. Well, thank you so much again for your time. And um, we'll put any links to websites, things like that in the show notes. Um, and yeah, a way for you to contact Utis. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Frontline Herbalism podcast. You can find the transcript, the links, all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org forward slash podcast.